1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Wednesday, March 23rd, and this is your 555 episode. Five writers from NBC Sports Edge for five minutes each. We will look at some late-season developments in Golden State with no Steph Curry. We will talk some DFS tools and strategy. And in the case of one highly paid, highly disappointing player, we will consider whether he can bounce back now this season or next season or at all. Uh, all of that and more is coming up as we say hello to Contestant number one, Raphael Johnson, Raf. Hello to you, sir. How's your Wednesday? I'm doing well, are you. Uh, yeah, I, well, you know it's fine. It's week. <laughs> it's week forty-two. It's week. It's week yeah. eighty-seven. I don't know what's going on. Uh, everything's <laughs> great. The highly paid, highly disappointing player I referenced is, uh, I think, the first guy you wanted to bring up.
2: Yeah, uh, we're going to talk some Julius Randle here. Obviously, he didn't play last night, dealing with mm-hmm. uh, a quad injury, but. For a guy who came into the season with a Yahoo ADP of just over 27, he hasn't lived up to that. Yeah. For the season, 10th round value in nine cat formats right now. Still averaging 2010 and five, the old Kevin Garnett right. commercial reference, for those of you out there who remember. But 0.7 steals, 0.6 blocks, 1.7 three pointers, mm-hmm. 3.4 turnovers per game. And he's shooting just yeah. over 41%. From the field, obviously, last year most improved player in the NBA, he ranked 39th in nine cat, which is a far cry from what he's doing this year. I looked at his numbers; the last five years have been a bit of a roller coaster for him, where he's had a, a bad season or a mediocre season, I would say, followed by a good one, and then back and forth. Maybe he's due for a good one next season, but there are a lot of things that play here, like. What's his future look like in New York, not just for him physically, but also who's around mm-hmm. him, the pieces around him. We've seen R.J. Barrett improve his play recently. How's that going to impact Randall? And I was kind of wondering, where should managers kind of target Julius Randall next season, if they should target him at all? I'm thinking more middle round at best. Yeah. Uh, just because he's going to be a starter, obviously, if he's still in New York, but – I don't think I can take him within the first 50 picks, personally.
1: No, I don't think I can either. I mean, 2010 and five is nice, but he's doing yeah. about the worst 2010 and five you could do, right? Because you mentioned the turnovers, the field goal percentage of 41. His three pointers last year were at 41%, and this yeah. year he's shooting 31 on threes, basically. So just a big drop off. His free throws have taken a hit this year. I could absolutely see a bounce back. You kind of mentioned that up and down nature of his career would it, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Randall yeah. have a big bounce back year next year right come back highly motivated etc but I don't think I'm willing to bank on that by you know investing a top 50 pick or something yeah. I think if we get past 75 or something 80 you know and he's still there somehow I don't like the options on the board I think I'm okay with it but uh, overall I'm not going to be Reaching Because I think, you know, who who knows what what state he comes back in and what he does next year. Yeah. I think it's just as likely he does this again. And this isn't terrible. At least it's not terrible. That's the good news.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, just outside of the top 100, it just feels like a disappointment given what he showed last season. You know, right. obviously there's so many factors at play. They're not in a full-on bubble last season, but the environment was far more controlled until later in mm-hmm. the year than it has been this season. That may be a factor. You know, who knows? And this team overall is kind of underachieved in terms of the Knicks. Or maybe they just overachieved so much last season that people were fooled into thinking that they were a, a true, not really contender in the East, but a playoff factor, I would say.
1: Right. It's almost like Tibbs got the most out of his team in year one, is what you're saying, <laughs> which is a <Yeah>. sh- shocking <laughs> development. Uh, yeah, I mean, as for Randall, what I, what I said a minute ago, about I think it what it is kind of terrible in real life, right? I just meant in terms mm-hmm. of fantasy, he's still playable. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. he's not just totally sinking your roster. Uh, he is helping in some areas. So uh, in our remaining time, I think we're going to uh, make a, a major turn here to a different squad and a different situation. So what do you got?
2: Yeah, we're going to be a bit more positive here and talk okay. about Otto Porter, um, okay. double-doubles in back-to-back games. Last night, 14 and 15 with one assist and one block and two three-pointers in the loss of the Magic. They have three more games this week. The mm-hmm. only the caveat being that one of those games is tonight against the Heat. So, right. you know, given the way that the Warriors have kind of managed Otto's workload and the workload of some other guys, you may want to hold off on picking him up right away. 28% mm-hmm. rostered. You know, if he's announced as being available, then I'd rush to do it. But may want to wait until lunchtime, until – and right around dinner, you know that, okay. that afternoon snack time to All to right. make a decision there. But I think if he plays, he's in a pretty good spot. You got the Stephen Curry foot injury, and they're also still managing Draymond Green's workload. He's not on a full full on minutes limit, but Otto started the second half for Draymond last night, and Draymond only played 29 minutes. So I'm I'm liking Otto Porter in terms of what he's shown right now. You know, for fancy managers who are still in the midst of their playoffs.
1: No, I agree totally. And and I, on all fronts, our timers going off there. But I want to ask you a couple of things, I, you know, two straight exciting double doubles reporter, I think you you raise a really good point about this back to back, what's going to happen? Is he going to be active? Or are they going to manage him? My mo- my main question though is what time is that afternoon snack for you? Typically? What time are we talking?
2: <laughs> it's around
1: 334. Okay, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking four when you said that. So uh, yeah. around afternoon snack time, had NBC Sports Edge player news page powered by Roto World. raf will be having his snack we can check in <laughs> on Otto Porter's status yes but yeah i, I like it I, I have picked him up in in one league where i'm in the finals right now and and hoping to uh get some more production out of him he's been kind of a roller coaster too but uh mm-hmm. trending up at the right time with no steph curry agree all right thanks raf appreciate it as always right. thank you yep. okay noah rubin has arrived on the scene noah good day Good day to you. I just said the same thing I said to Raf, I think, at the top. How's it going? <laughs> it's going
3: pretty well. Can't complain. How about you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I think we're going to pick continue right along here with uh, more Warriors talk, right?
3: Yeah, we are. Uh, with the hot stretch of Jordan Poole, uh, 10 straight games, scoring at least 20. I think about 12 games ago, after a loss to Dallas, uh, Steve Kerr, with, with no Clay Thompson, started Moses Moody instead of... Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole I think a lot of people probably wrote off Poole after that because I think he played 17 minutes off the bench didn't hit any shots may have gotten dropped in a few leagues but after that Steve Curry said he needs to play him more basically since then he's been on fire and then losing Steph Curry until the playoffs just kind of added to it to his value um, including the game Steph went down Jordan Poole shot at least 20 shots um, in all three games so you know he's kind of the focal point of the offense right now which is kind of crazy to think it alongside is. clay thompson that jordan Poole is the focal point of the offense right now
1: it's wild so and this is a guy who i think when clay was coming back i had i had people asking you know is it is it time to drop jordan Poole? and i want to look back and say that i told them to wait and let's see how this goes let's just say that i said that but over his last 10 games he's averaging 25.2 points 4.5 assists, 1.1 steals, 4.4 threes, shooting 54 and a half from the floor and 87 and a half from the free throw line. That is that is league-winning stuff right there. Uh from Jordan Poole. It, it
3: is for sure. Yeah, he's providing second round value actually over that 10-game stretch, which is pretty crazy to think. And it's all been in the month of March. I don't know if you remember uh his one year at Michigan when he hit the game winner over Houston in March to send Michigan to the Sweet 16. Okay. Maybe it's just something about this month for him.
1: <laughs> and I mean, yeah, yeah, wow. What what a season he's had. You know, my, my friend, uh, a good friend of mine from college, Jason, uh, retired from fantasy basketball before the season dramatically. He hung up his sneakers, and his parting words to me were, draft Jordan Poole. He lives in the Bay Area. He's a big. He's become a big Warriors fan, and he was like, Jordan Poole's going to have a huge year. And uh, lo and behold, it's ha- it's kind of happening right now. I didn't get him anywhere. I, d- I didn't get him anywhere, but it's working out for yeah, some people. <laughs> yeah, me
3: neither. Yeah, uh, but I mean – well, sorry, real quick, If uh, yeah. I still think even next season he could still be a solid candidate. I know a lot of people would probably say, you know, Steph Curry's back, Clay Thompson's back. He's just going to be a sixth man. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero's been a very good sixth man this year. I'm not saying he's going to average 20, but I still think that he can be very solid next season. Also, assuming that Steph and Clay are probably going to miss some games next season as they're yeah. getting pretty old.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- that feels like a safe bet. It doesn't feel like you know, something he couldn't potentially, now 25 points a game isn't carrying over when they're at full strength, but you know, no. production, fantasy relevant production is, we got about half of our time remaining a couple minutes. And I think you want to go to Memphis and talk about what we're seeing from Tyus
3: Jones, what we could see from Tyus Jones. Yeah. Uh, with John Moran out last game out again tonight against Brooklyn. I know Tyus Jones, I think had 13 points, seven assists, two threes, no turnovers in their blowout win over Houston. They don't get to play Houston every night. I imagine that a a Nets team with Kyrie playing, because it's in Memphis, I believe, is going to be a little bit more of a challenge. But I still think every single time that John Morant's out, Tyus Jones is able to provide some solid assist numbers. Uh, 16 games without Morant this season, he's averaging about 12 points, 6.6 assists, and 1.2 steals, a low turnover guy. I think he's someone that you can rely on as a solid mm-hmm. streaming option whenever Morant is out. I think probably a lot of people know that, but I think, you know, with Morant, it's kind of a issue right now. We don't know if I don't imagine he'll miss any more games, but Yeah. So he's so a ruled out for Wednesday
1: with that right knee issue. I mean, are we worried? Are we starting to worry a little bit about the do we do we have anything concrete there, Noah? Like on John Morant?
3: No, uh, I think the update on Sunday was that they were going to give him a few days and then he was going to see the medical staff on Wednesday. So yeah, I would imagine they're prioritizing his health of his knees, considering his play style for the playoffs, especially um, rather than a few regular season games, especially because right now they're two games ahead of the Warriors for mm-hmm. second out in the West and the Warriors don't have Steph. And I believe they have a pretty challenging schedule coming up. I wouldn't be shocked if they rest Morant maybe an extra game or two yeah. or other games throughout the rest of the season.
1: No, I, I think Tyus Jones is a run, a run and ad situation, 9% rostered. I get nervous. I get nervous now. Any, anything, any knee related thing, a guy sitting out, remember how quickly Lonzo ball went from soreness to surgery. I mean, it was the blink of an eye and we haven't seen him since now. I am not saying that, that, that anything like that's going to happen with John Morant, but just the, the, caution siren goes off for me when even knee soreness you know what I mean so if you have Moran I think you gotta roster Tyus Jones and even if you don't I think he's a really intriguing pickup we already know he'll have value on Wednesday
3: yeah absolutely and also basically everyone else in Memphis is having to step up without John Moran out Desmond Bain tied his season high with seven assists in their last game maybe they use him as a playmaker a little bit as well maybe look out for that
1: all right Noah thanks for stopping by I'll talk to you
3: soon yes sir thank you
1: Okay. We are going to talk a little DFS strategy. And to do that, there is no person I would rather bring in here than Renee Miller, our, our DFS guru here on the Round Balls 2 podcast and at NBC Sports Edge. Renee, how are you?
4: Good, Matt. How are you?
1: Good, good. What, what is on your mind? What topic or topics would you uh, like to bring to the table here?
4: Yeah, it's funny. I'm, I'm a professor in my real life. So it's like, what, what is the lesson plan for today? <laughs> lecture me.
1: Lecture. Please lecture me. I need, I need help. I need DFS help.
4: <laughs> my day off. No teaching today. But I do think we could talk about some of my favorite like tips and, and tricks and tools that are available for people to use. Of course, we have um, uh, my and, and other writers free articles every day on mm-hmm. what we think are the best plays, but how we get to that point. Um, Sure. I thought I'd just walk through a few things that I like to to check out. Um, So one that we've mentioned before is to look at the Vegas lines, the betting lines, and look for those games with the really high point totals. Um, And if you like that, take it one step further. I use Yahoo's lines because they have a really in-depth look at each game. You can look at the in-season history between the teams. So, you know, a lot of times if you see a game with a high total and a big point spread, you think, oh, that's going to be a blowout. But then you look back at the history and say, actually, these they went to overtime twice already this season. Maybe it's not a a game to totally ignore. Those competitive, close, high-scoring games are, are ones to check out. Other tools we have on our site, we can look up under our season-long tools. We can look up the um, defense first position.
2: Mm-hmm. So
4: check out, look for those... Um, optimal matchups, especially on a, on a big slate when you have a hard time deciding between a couple great values or, you know, top tier studs. Um, And speaking of value in our optimizer, we have uh, a column for, I I forget if it goes dollar per fantasy point or fantasy point. I think it's fantasy point per dollar.
1: Yeah. Per 1000 maybe. Is that what it is?
4: Uh, Well, it depends. Yeah. If you're using Yahoo or, um, yeah. It's dollar and thousands. FanDuel,
1: yeah, yeah.
4: So that's kind of a a fun tool. You can look to see both, you know, where is the true value? Who are the, you know, $4,000 players that are projected higher than normal, maybe because of injury or um, whatever other reason, um, to look for those, you know, high multiplier that are going to get you more than, more than your money's worth, but I also use it to differentiate between different star players. So if you sort by that column, you'll never see, you know, LeBron James is not going to be at the top because he's so expensive. But right. you know, even if he's falling in the middle, it might be higher than any other star player on on the slate. So it's kind of useful to look at, you know, for those for, for when you commit that much salary cap to a certain player, you want to see that you're getting uh, a good return on that investment.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. How, how do you avoid being unduly influenced by the, you know, how teams, how defenses perform against certain positions, right? Because, like, I'm setting a lineup on FanDuel. I see the green or I see the red, right? Like, this team is the best or this team is second best. I, I get so scared. I'm so hesitant to use that player, but it's it's not like that player is never going to go off. So is it really just all about your odds there? I mean, you won't just just blanket avoid unfavorable matchups, Right
4: there's a lot of inconsistency between the sites and then between like our DVP and other like fantasy pros DVP. Mm-hmm. I try to ignore the red and the green. I try to go colorblind when I'm, when I'm on the site looking at that because sure. I find that like FanDuel's green and red is really sometimes exact opposite of other sources. Um You know, good, good <laughs> right. matchup, bad matchup rankings. Okay. Um, but also you have to take into consideration how does the team play the position? You know, we're not locked into these five slots. Mm. There's a lot of um, shifting and different teams do it differently. So, you know, is this a true forward? Is it a true shooting guard? Or is it a, you know, more of a playmaking shooting guard, like Desmond Bain maybe we were just talking about. So you have to have that caveat in the back of your mind that, you know, this team is number 1 against small forwards but is the player listed on FanDuel as small forward really playing that position and so it's yeah. a factor but um i try to take a little bit more of a holistic approach
1: that makes sense we got about 20 seconds left here 20 30 seconds do you have a parting thought here you want to you want to brace we go a little over one one parting thought um well,
4: I always, especially at this point in the season, find it useful to use DraftKings splits. It'll get, tell you how the player has performed in the same matchup previously. Um, okay. And comparing that with how the teams have matched up previously um, can, can sometimes drive me in the direction of one player over another.
1: Okay. Renee, as always, appreciate the uh, wisdom. I'm going to try to put some of this to good use here in the near future.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming by. Talk to you soon. Okay, we have two writers still to go. First, we're going to take a quick break.
0: Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you.
3: Download the NBC
1: Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter this week's free NBA Pick and Roll contest for a chance to win $50,000. We're highlighting matchups between the Hawks and Pistons, Kings and Pacers and Jazz and Celtics. So if you don't have the Predictor app yet, download it now. Meanwhile, the madness is upon us. Get an Edge Plus annual subscription now to unlock... Our college basketball, DFS, and betting tools with game predictions, player prop projections, and more. Get ready to cut down the nets using promo code BRACKETS20. Plus, you'll get every tool for every sport with your Edge Plus subscription, including our new fantasy baseball draft guide, powered by Roto World. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus and use promo code BRACKETS20 at checkout and find your Edge. That applies to some of those DFS tools that Renee and I were just talking about. Right now, let's bring in one Brad Stonebreaker. Brad, hello. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Great, great, great. Mobamba is the first name on your list. Yes. Tell me about him. it. it
6: he's, not, he's not the hottest name in the land right now, um, but it's, he's been kind of an interesting case and kind of wanted to bring it up. Last night, seven points on two of seven shooting, and he turned it over four times, but at least he did have seven boards, three assists, a couple blocks, and a, an important three-pointer in his 23 minutes. I mean he's barely scoring 10 points per mm-hmm. game on the season and he hasn't scored in double figures in 4 of his last 5. But then you go to the game before that and you see 27 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks and five threes against Western Conference Player of the Week Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. So it, he, he's he's just kind he's just kind of tough to read but all those surrounding stats are they're, they're really really good for fantasy. Uh he had a kind of a brutal February just an 11th rounder but on the season he's somehow still a fifth rounder on a per game basis. Bes- and b- besides that brutal stretch, 47 half percent from the field, yep. eight boards, 1.7 blocks and 1.3 threes from the center position per game. I mean, like, yeah, that's really good stuff. And I, like I said, he's kind of a weird case and I wanted to bring it up because just because his numbers don't always jump off the page, it's, it's a long season and it, when you see those averages it's some good stuff even if he's not scoring a lot and his ADP was he was like early 10th round ADP so if you got him anywhere even 7 or later it's considered valuable so I've, i i think it's mostly good things um so i guess it's crazy we're jumping into next season thoughts already yeah. but what has to happen for him to get to that early round value that He's flashed before that. He's flashed upside of up before. Yeah, you mean to to
1: actually hit that, to hit that mark?
6: Yeah, I mean, I'm like maybe third third round, third round value, something like that. I, it, it seems it seems kind of ludicrous, but he's fifth rounder right now, and I I think if just I don't know. You, I w- I want to hear what you have to say.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I was really high on Mobamba coming into this season, so I drafted him in several <laughs> leagues. I have him in a couple of leagues right now where I'm trying to win. The whole thing which would be cool if that happened i'm just double checking his age. he's 23 i mean he's gonna be tw- he's gonna turn yeah. 24 in may i mean part of it is jared said what needs to happen less mistakes that would be one thing but i mean I, you that's know that's true um i'm trying to remember his contract situation but off the top of my head i mean i would also say orlando like continuing to give him legitimately just give him the chance you know 26 yeah. minutes yeah. per game this year if we get that or or maybe we could creep it up a, a couple minutes per game next season, you know, I, I think the potential is just enormous for this guy. And like you said, it is a bit of a roller coaster, but it's just a guy you put into your lineup and, and deal restricted free agent this summer. So that's a big factor, right? Like, where is he? What kind of opportunity does he get? I think he's shown enough this year that someone is going to hopefully, you know, make him a starter and bet on him. You yeah. Know. I guess yeah. come, we maybe hope it's Orlando just because they're full rebuild mode. They're playing him to the finish here. So I don't know. I, he's a guy I will yeah. absolutely be trying to draft in the middle round. Yeah. So if I can get him there.
6: Yeah. I, I think Orlando's a fine spot for him. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. He's, he's been killing it too. He's like a walking double, double these days yeah. as well. Yeah. But I don't think, I, don't th- I think their games are kind of different. Um, I don't think that affects him much, but if he could get like just 28 minutes per game, I think just a couple more minutes. I think that would be that would be huge. And bring up Bamba kind of brought up an interesting strategy that just got my gears turned a little bit. Like a a, a points punt strategy. Okay. I mean, okay. you think guys like Bomba Bomba that's scoring 10 points a game, Robert Williams isn't even scoring 10, Tyrese Halliburton's kind of on the low end, Chris Paul. These are all guys that you could get all four of them very at least this at least this season you could get all four of them very easily. Hal Burton's gonna go super early next year, but it's just an interest just got my gears turned a little bit if you just totally ignored points and then had all your other stats go
1: right. all the way up. Like I don't know, just food for thought. There. It's a, it's the least fun experiment of all time because yeah, we all love uh, yeah. points. But but it is <laughs> totally. I do think it's an interesting one. All right. We actually Mo Bamba is so intriguing, we just spent like four minutes talking about him. So we only got about a minute left for the next guy who I don't want to shortchange because he's obviously a legend, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yes. So let me give let me yes. get your thoughts real quick.
6: Yeah. Uh fourth rounder over the past month. Um, the only reserve better than him with minimum like 10 games played is who Tyler Hero, of course. Um, he was demoted back demoted to the bench like towards the end of 2021, and he's now played exactly 27 games in starts and 27 games off the bench in those uh off the bench of those fifty-four he's played. And he's averaging 4.4 more points per game coming off the bench Mm -hmm. than starting. It's just so interesting. Uh, My final question, I I know we're out of time. I know you're a Hawks guy too. Um, So do you prefer he comes off the bench if you target him next season? Or do you think it's just chalk it up to a slow start this year and uh, just target him the same way?
1: Yeah, both of his his years with the Hawks have been a little bit of a roller coaster. And even within this better stretch, I mean, his last three games, he's around 28 points, but that's on the heels of an eight-game stretch where he shot 35%. He's just a little streaky. The bench roll doesn't worry me at all, with the way the Hawks roster is currently built anyways, Mm -hmm. because they need him to score. And so Mm -hmm. he kind of just comes in as a six-man and and does his thing. So I I think that's all fine. I think, what do the Hawks do this summer? I think the roster potentially changes depending on what they do in the postseason. But yeah. for now, that bench roll suits them quite well. Agreed very much. All right. Brad, yeah. thanks. As always. I'll talk to you soon thank you, Matt. All right. See ya. Okay. Last writer standing, we think, is Jared Johnson. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> I hope you're I hope first of all, I hope you're ta- you're speaking to me after um our uh, confrontation in the semifinals of the company league.
7: <laughs> Ouch. Hey uh that that wasn't even close man you 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 ran the table on me so it was easier to get over that over that loss um That actually brings me a nice segue into who is the waiver-wire pickup of the year because on that team, I had uh, Anthony Simons. And I think that's who a lot of people would say was the waiver-wire pickup of the year, Uh, certainly for good reasons. he In the 27 games when Dame went down, he put in averages of 23.4 points, 5.8 assists, and a whopping 4.4 triples on 45.6% shooting from the field. 86.6% mm-hmm. from the stripe. He even tossed him a 40-piece in there. But I feel like the fact that he yeah. was shut down in early March and essentially missed all of the fantasy playoffs for anyone, um, I, I just feel like that really hurts his case a little bit. Um And then kind of looking towards next year, like, do we have any faith that he'll be able to replicate that production on a healthy Portland team that is supposedly going to be at least trying to bring in some star free Mm -hmm. agents? Dame's going to be healthy. You know, when he was earning 22.9 minutes a night off the bench, it was just 12.6 points, 2.1 assists and 2.2 triples with... No D stats and the defensive stats didn't come around, uh, even when he was earning heavy minutes. So I just kind of like to hear your take on Anthony Simons. If if you think that he's worthy of that of that label, waiver wire pickup of the year when he wasn't there for anyone at the end of the year, and and projecting towards next season, do we think that? He's even honestly a guy worth drafting. I don't drafting.
1: think you can be the waiver wire pickup of the year. I think it's written into the bylaws if you don't finish the season or come close to finishing the season. That that's my feeling on it. <laughs> uh, he had a he I, had quite I a run agree with that, yeah. and I did like what I was seeing from him in terms of like he started to improve his assist numbers, etc., and start to look like he did have a path to being more than just a points and threes guy. That so that was great to see, but. Next season, I mean, if Lillard's there and everything, and it's hard to picture it. I mean, he, it feels like he probably is just back to being like a a good, really good backup option, you know? So,
7: yeah, yeah, like a six man who, and it's, it's the like the lack of diversity in his stat lines that I think really help uh, hurt him. Um, You know, like for selfish reasons, I'd like to say it's Isaiah Jackson, Uh but I can't, um, I can't just use different logic yeah. all of a sudden. Same case for him. Uh, he was incredible. And then he's been down for the basically the past two weeks with that concussion. Um, although, you know, projecting towards his future, this was a guy who was a difference maker and in, in blocked shots. And that's a category that mm-hmm. all of us Absolutely. chase, I think, um, for good reason. It's It's the rarest category out there. Um, You know, foul trouble was a bit of an issue for him, um, but that tends to be the case with rookies. And I just think he's showed so much promise. Um, And just looking ahead towards next season, Jalen Mm -hmm. Smith, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, Miles Turner is going to be an uh, unrestricted free agent the following season. So maybe it's a little bit easier to trade him if they want to continue the rebuild. Uh, Goga Batadze, same thing, except he'll be an, a restricted free agent the following season. TJ Warren's gone. Um, random side note, uh, next year is actually going to be the first year they won't have to send money to Monte Ellis, who hasn't played for them since 2016. I'm sorry. Did yeah. you,
1: I thought you said Monte, Monte Ellis, Ellis there. Yep. <laughs> it's the, it's the, Bobby Bonilla yeah. situation with yeah, Monte Ellis. Um So you've got my wheels turning. All I can think about is this waiver wire pickup of the year situation. Wasn't Franz Wagner a waiver Ooh. wire pickup in a lot of places? I think. Maybe. We'd have to go back and check the tape. Was Herb Jones a waiver wire pickup in a lot of leagues as well? Those are a couple guys that come to mind.
7: Uh, Franz Wagner, yes. I think that you're right. I don't think that he was really
1: drafted anywhere. Anywhere, um, Herb Raph is saying Herb for sure. Raph is, a, Raph is a kind of a Herb Jones expert, and he that's says That's who yes. I think I Wave would go to
7: because he's been the guy who's I, – I mean I, we talked about him last week, but just so, so immensely impressive. This kid to be a second-round pick, to mm-hmm. just immediately be starting. He got ahead of Trey Murphy. Uh and and the numbers that he's put up, even when the team has been healthy, like those defensive numbers, the triples, maybe the scoring comes and goes. But I feel like if we're going to go through all of these names that we've mentioned, I feel like he is the one. He's actually healthy for this final stretch of the season yeah. and
1: going off. So Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and as our timer goes off, you've also got – guys closing really strong right bruce brown trendon watford guys like that but haven't done it as long so quite a quite an argument i this is to be debated we'll we'll definitely we like to hand out some waiver wire awards on the podcast in a later episode so you've you've stoked the flames there jared (laughs) uh i'm gonna think about this quite a bit and by the way you know what that reminds me I'm still here. Raph's <laughs> back. Raph's back for the last word. Let's uh let's close it out. Raf, any thoughts on anything you've heard in the last however many minutes?
2: I actually wanted to come on and tell Jared that I told him so about when we were talking about Obi Top on <laughs> yesterday's <laughs> yeah. podcast. And in my warning about what Tom Thibodeau was going to do, um Todd Gibson did not play 35 minutes, but he did play 20, including the last 14. Yeah while Obi Toppin got a front-row seat on the bench <laughs> and last night's game. The Knicks are now six games behind Atlanta for that 10th spot Jeez, in the East, man. with 10 to go. There's absolutely no reason for Tibbs yeah. to not play the kids at this point. Play Toppin, play quickly, play McBride, play Jericho Sims. But I have no faith in that happening because we're talking about So that last
1: 14 minutes was um that was it was during that last fourteen minutes that uh Gibson got crossed over and uh placed onto many, yes. many, many highlight reels by Trey Young. <laughs> but to yeah. your point though, yeah. I mean there's no reason for Tibbs to not play the kids except that he's Tibbs. I mean it right? So yeah. can we really expect Obi Toppin to basically to be reliable? We can't, right? Can we?
2: We can't, yeah. You can't. And then, you know, Alec Burks played 36 minutes last night. R.J. Barrett played 42. I think I can understand yeah. with Barrett because he's still a young player. But you know what you it's have so there. It's so frustrating. You know, you know he's going to be the focal point. So let some of these other guys it's play It's so That's frustrating. I've
1: had the same frustrations with the Hawks when it comes to their first-round pick, Jalen Johnson, who has put up just some outrageous yeah. G League numbers. And, you know, nothing against Timothy Luauw Cabrera, but, like, when John Collins is out – think you could find 10 minutes for your first-round pick and and let him you know get some seasoning in these games. But, oh, well. I can't convince Tibbs or Naping Millen to do things differently, obviously.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they actually – we have a post-game quote. I just want to read this. Yeah, yeah, read that and then uh, we'll get out of here. When asked if – when, I, when I asked if having Taj Gibson in for Obi Toppin throughout the fourth quarter was for defensive purposes, Tom Thibodeau concurred and cited defensive rotations in his answer. He also said the New York Knicks wanted to do more switching against ATL, which is how we got that cross.